0: All right, bonus show time here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. We're going back to 2013. That's right, we're going to be going into our DeLorean and going back back in time, as Huey Lewis in the news would say. And we're taking you back to 2013 with my one-on-one interview with Booker T. His book had just come out, and he was getting ready to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. This was a great one-on-one interview. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll see you on the other side after Booker T here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. So, Book, I had the pleasure of, of taking a quick look through your book. And um, to, tell me what, first off, made you, what made you want to tell your story uh, in this form.
1: Um, I just thought it was something that needed to be done, um, first and foremost. I uh, thought it could help moms, kids out there, um, young people that perhaps may be in the same predicament, same situation that I was in coming up. Not knowing which way to turn, um, just probably need that a little bit of extra inspiration to, you know, just keep moving, you know, in the right direction. And that's pretty much the reason why I, were, I really, it. Uh, Jr. actually, uh, Jim Ross, you know, when I came to WWE, uh, he was one of the first persons, um, who, uh, you know, I, I had to talk to because he was, you know, uh, having my contract. But, um, he also told me that I needed to tell my story a whole lot more. So I thought, you know, about it a little bit, but, um, uh, Took a little while, but I thought I should get the story out there. But I wanted to get it out there from a realistic perspective. I didn't want to sugarcoat it. I didn't want to make it a feel good story, even though in the end it is a feel good story.
0: And it's and it's funny too because you know you see a lot of books come from the wrestling industry, and some of it was I'm not going to name uh, books that came out that, but I thought some of it was very watered down. It was partial truth. And you really didn't get a feel for it. This one made you feel like, you know, we're getting this the story from your mouth, not a second hand from somebody else. Which which is a which is a, a breath of fresh air in the sports and uh, media industry.
1: Well, uh, I easily mean, uh, could have, uh, you know, hid behind you know the, the image and the name of you know Booker T. But um, I don't think, um, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. I don't live on the boat forever, you know. a whole lot, you know, out of this life, you know, due to, you know, um, just a lot of times being in the right place at the right time, and the man upstairs blessed me, Uh, but I just feel like um, all my blessings, um, you know, um, come for a certain reason, and I think it's, you know, for me, uh, being genuine, honest um, about who I am and what I've done and what I've been through, and um, it doesn't change the fact of um, who I really am as a
0: person. Did you find it difficult to talk, to go back in time to talk about the drug use and your time in prison? Did you find it difficult to go back and really want to talk about that?
1: But, you know, but, um, you know um, I don't think my life um, really was all that bad um, coming up as a youth um, because you really never really miss what you never had. I just think um, I was just in a position uh, where a lot of kids, like I say, are, um, shouldn't be, but I found myself having to deal with it at the same time. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't turn back. I had to just keep walking forward.
0: How important was your brother? In the process of growing up and uh, you know making it through. You know, my brother he wasn't really uh, that instrumental
1: in me making it in the early, early of, uh, aspect of my life, like um, such as when my mother first passed away. Uh, my brother didn't uh, really uh, come back and uh, really impact in my life until I came out of prison. Um, and um, his only advice was, you know, he was willing to help me out, but um, he was going to help me get a job. And his only advice was, you know, no matter what the job was, whether it was, you know, digging ditches, you know, um, you know, washing dishes, you know, whatever it was, he said, just do the job to the best of your ability to something else. Come along. That's the only thing that I asked, you know, and not don't make me look bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, I took that advice, you know what I mean? I took it and, uh, and, Something else better came along, and something better did come along. You know, it, it wasn't wrestling, that just happened to, you know, I've been working for some good people. Um, and then after that, you know, my brother, you know, my brother was the one that was introduced to the wrestling game, you know, and I was just following him, and um, I actually uh, ended up where I am today, you know.
0: So my really brother became very instrumental after um, I came out of prison. You know, they show a lot of TV movies and a lot of different television shows about life in prison. Can you tell us the difference between what we see on television and what the truth is? Obviously,
1: um, honestly, um, what you see on television—that's a lot of truth in that. Um, it really is. Um, according to, especially according to um, what State you're in, uh, you know, um, has a. A whole lot to do with it um, here in Texas. You know, the Texas Department of Corrections is known for uh, um, being a pretty hard uh, uh, place to do your time. Uh, it's from certain aspects, um, uh, of course, there's uh, there's gang violence. Um, and then, um, riots, um, got, I mean, there, riots break out. You got your, you got your cliques over here. You, you know, your white guys over here, your black guys over here. Um, watching the television, you know, you got to watch at certain um, times of the day because. Uh, Everything is, you know, structured to where, you know, it, it you know, try to keep the peace. But uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's no different almost than being on the outside um, from a certain um, aspect.
0: do you give to you know children who are orphans who lost their parents at an early age or never even met their parents who were who who are growing up in a, in a home what advice do you give to those, to those children who, who watch you uh, you know every week
1: you know first and foremost uh, if I could do it you know anybody can do it you know I always my father lost, I lost my father when I was 10 months old um, I lost my mother when I was 13 years old I never blamed you know losing my parents for my downfalls um, that's that's one of the biggest things um kids uh seems to do, um if something happened and they, they they look to blame somebody they even blame god you know that's the one thing that you can't do don't blame anybody just um man up step up try to do the right thing try to be, try to be true to yourself first and foremost um, um, having mentors um, in your life it is very very important trying to gravitate to that that right mentor um, not being a follower um, it is very very important. Uh, peer pressure. Don't fall under under, under that thumb of peer pressure. wanting to uh, be like a buddy or something like that. Be a leader. Um, is what I tell young people. Um, first and foremost, don't be a follower. Be a leader in this lifetime. Uh, that's the only way you're gonna find the, the right path to success.
0: Are you surprised on how times have changed? On how society is sort of you know has every situation sort of covered. Like you're talking about, um, you know, leadership and uh, f- and have good mentors. Uh, the types of programs they run with after school programs and different programs. Uh, are you surprised on how uh, how we have sort of grown uh, as in a, as a country to a society where we we prepare we're prepared to take care of almost any type of situation? Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I do. Um, I mean, we. Have- we, we haven't you know um, and in so many different ways you know um, I was working with um, triple threat um, just a few weeks ago um, in, in Chicago um, and let's see the uh, the struggles that these young kids have to go through there in that city the, um, the, the landmines they have to dodge you know um the, the traps they have to, you know, try to evade. Um, and there's so many ways to get caught up. I'm um, in that city. I actually talk to kids who say they would rather be in jail um, than be on the street, you know. So it's really, really hard out there for young people, and they really don't have, a lot of times don't really um, know which ways to turn it. And if um, if, if, it, if it's not, you know, you know people like myself uh, going out there and going to them, Letting them see that uh, person like myself, such as them, can make it up out of there. It's really hard for them to, to see light at the end of the tunnel. So I just think we as a uh, people got to do. Uh, we do a lot, but uh, I think we got to do a whole whole
0: lot more. I agree with you on that. Um Talk about when you you know you finally made it with with wrestling. Um, was it almost sort of like a dream? Like you sort of couldn't believe that you know. After everything you had been through, you're like you're 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 on the stage where you're on national television, and you're you know you made it. Now, can you, can you talk about how the transition was from you know, like you said, when you got out, and you know, you and your brother got into wrestling? Can you talk about that transition from sort of being in the regular world into the wacky world of what we know as pro wrestling? Well,
1: wrestling for me was just it was a hobby. It was a Like that, which is hobby. I'm always doing something different than being in the neighborhood with all of my buddies, um, doing nothing on the corners, you know, um, drinking and smoking, uh, just having uh, no direction. Um, wrestling uh, was a place that uh, safe haven, it gave me structure. Um, I got a chance to have camaraderies and with people, and I um, see people in a, in a, from a totally different light, people that wasn't the same color as I, I was, didn't grow up in the same area, uh, same ways that I did. So, you know, the first place I got a chance to go to was Japan. But I'd never been on a uh, flight before. I'd never been out of the state of Texas, you know, and um next thing you know I'm in, in Tokyo, Japan, you know, getting a chance to see how um, you know, life you know, was over there, you know, I mean, the people were so friendly, I mean, so many uh, millions of people, but it seemed, you know, I didn't see uh, a piece of uh, paper on the ground, you know, it was such a different way of life, and it was it was an education for me, but when I um, started wrestling, it was, it was like, man, um, I knew I had found something that I was good at, and I was gonna hold on to it, you know, as long as I possibly could, that's the, that's, the, that was my mindset, it, it wasn't, uh, man, I'm a star, um, you know, I'm on television, um, um, I'm making all of this money or anything like that. It was just, man, I had found something that I enjoyed so much, and um, I wasn't going to let it go for anything.
0: Well, I, you know, I did some reading up on you, and also I, I learned that you, you, you were involved with music when you were younger. Yeah, and you were the drum major of your of your high school. Uh, did, what what other instruments did you play? funny because booker you and i have something in common because i'm me too i'm a low brass guy i i was marched in drum and bugle corps for for years as a baritone player and um what are your feelings I, we're jumping around a little bit because i just uh, every single time i i ask a question and you answer something another th- three questions come into my brain so well, well i got you i figured i might as well you know get your opinion on this can you talk can you talk about the effect now um in our country too it seems like in schools the first thing they want to cut is the arts and the music program as someone you know as an athlete what are your feelings when you hear that that the first things that they want to cut is the music programs well man i mean i, 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 I totally
1: uh, you know i am taken aback you know when i do hear stuff like that uh, i uh, do a lot of fundraising. Um, I'm down here working with schools and uh, whatnot. I'll do a show for them that, so they can raise some money for The art Before the part, department. I actually uh, I'll always try to specify those two uh, as far as being my main uh, objectives. But um, I, 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 I don't like it at all because music, uh, art is something that I grew up on. Music and art is the reason why I'm here today. Um, all of the characters that you see and you play on television is always... Um, I've been off a you know, some spoof of some show that I've watched once upon a time. Um, just like can you dig it, sucker was, you know, um, a phrase that was used in a movie called Cotton Comes to Harlem back in the day. You know, uh, Richard Roundtree uh, was a guy who, who said suck a whole lot, you know. Um, <laughs> my, my, my mannerisms and my wrestling, you know, came from, you know, the Shaw Brothers proje- Productions, you know, all of the karate movies, you know, that I watched when I was a kid, you know. Uh, my style and my rap, you know, was like my. Muhammad Ali, you know, was you know, fast, you know, flew like a butterfly, sting like a bee, you know. So it was. Uh, I, I I say uh, art is 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 literally a way of life, uh, and, and it may uh, be uh, totally uh, a detriment to that kid that that finds his way through life through art, such as I did.
0: You know, and like like you said, you know, you found your niche when you were wrestling, and um, you know, and people don't realize it's just not. You know, acting on television, you have to be an unbelievable athlete. You also played football and basketball, if I, if I was reading this correct. Um, can you talk about the difference of physicality between the fo- playing football and basketball compared to pro wrestling?
1: Everything is so structured um, towards um, winning. Um, when, when you're in those sports, that you totally could lose focus. As far as art goes, everybody wins. Um, and professional wrestling, everybody wins. Uh, I mean, and the thing is, we got to work together, you know, to, to, to make sure we make it to, you know, uh, you know that 21 day loop. You know what I mean? So, it, it, and that's why I say wrestling is more more art than, than football, or basketball, or baseball, or anything like that. taking away from any of those sports because those guys really work really really hard and I, and I challenge anybody you know um, to try to you know take that step move into that direction um, because it's going to be really really hard on them I say don't step into somebody's sport if you really don't know what you're getting into
0: are you uh, when you're not on the road um uh, are you a sports fan do you watch uh, sports on television
1: Last night against the Bulls, you know, but I, I'm, a, I'm a huge um, um, sports fan in, in all um, different areas.
0: Uh, you said you watched the game last night. I, I got to tell you, man, I, I think the Heat are one of the most. they they an amazing. It was an amazing streak, but they they have a lot of holes and they're very beatable. Uh, I, I'm I'm an NBA beat writer for most of my time, um, but I'll tell you, I they, they have they need to strengthen up their front line. They don't strengthen up their front line. All you have to do Is just hit the boards And the Heat are going to struggle You can slow them down Well the one thing um, I think just like, just like last year They're
1: going to peak They're going to peak At the right time You know uh um early right now, they're in a great position um, uh, to, you know, have home court advantage. So right now, I think they're, they're moving in the right direction. Uh, I think uh, uh, playoff time, uh, if they're just going to heat
0: right back up and uh, going to roll I think they're going to win it again. Oh, I, th- I think so too. It's just you know when you see something so cl- so good, sometimes the uh you know like it's our job as as writers to as uh, be, you know people who cover the league. Is they need them to still make things interesting. So they, of course, have to find every little thing that's they can find to. Definitely.
1: I mean, look at, look at Tom Brady and the Patriots. I mean, when those guys are winning, you know, everybody, everybody wants to lose. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a way of life, I think. You know, you know what does that mean? I mean, I mean people used to pay to come to see them lose. You uh, know, so that's just—I think that's just a way of life. Um, more than anything, uh, people uh, love a winner and hate a winner all at the same time. You know,
0: it's funny too. You uh, know, we were just discussing the NBA, and I've talking with Kevin Nash, and I've talking with Sean Michaels, and Sean Michaels is a very big San Antonio Spurs fan and um kevin is a very big los angeles lakers fan he was wind- windling a little bit the last time we spoke cuz he liked the oklahoma city thunder are you a houston rocket fan no no okay
1: no. just don't have a good team, you know. I, of course, I support the team. Um, I go to a lot of the games. um and in clutch. The mascot, we're really, really cool. We actually do got a skit that we do every basketball game that I show up <laughs> show the run. You know, but uh, I love the team, but um, I just don't like the direction that we're going as far as our management uh, perspective. Uh, we just do not want to pay the big money to get the big stars here. And it's always we've always been that way. If we didn't. If i am a Olajuwon, didn't go to U of H, we wouldn't have never got him.
0: You know, it's funny too. You say that I think James Harden was the right step. You know, getting a guy like him and getting Jeremy Lin, uh, they just need front line help. If they got some front line help, they can make some noise. But then it's after getting those guys, it's keeping those guys. So it's 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 a, it's a mix and match. And that, that, that's just Houston. That's, I mean, we'll go and get a. Um... Germany, and
1: um, after we have to eat here, you know already, and we get rid of them. Then we'll go and pay the money, you know, for him after he go and do something well somewhere else. That that's a mo of um a Houston teams going all the way back to Houston all uh, Webster Slaughter. <laughs> <You> know, <so. laughs>
0: well, book, you know, let's I want to let's talk a little bit about the, the WWE product, and of course, your time in WCW. What I, you know, you entered WWE in two thousand one, and I was actually in at in East Rutherford, New Jersey. When you made your debut at King of the Ring, back in 2001, what did you learn from your time in WCW that helped your success in WWE? Um,
1: I don't know, um, if I learned anything in WCW that helped me make it in WWE, um, uh, in WCW, um, I was the ultimate, you know, the, the consummate wrestler, um, I went out and in the ring. I didn't have a lot of Mike time until I became a heavyweight champ. You know, when I was tag team champ with my brother, you know, we made our promos on the way to the ring. Um, of course, we'd get promos every night then. plus the infamous, you know, blooper that I made. <laughs> 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 but, uh, I don't know. I don't think um, uh, anything um, I took away from WCW helped me except uh, seeing what was happening around me. Watching the guys uh, around me make a whole lot of money and get soft. Um, watching a lot of guys around me thinking that they were really stars, you know, uh, like movie stars. And, um, and um, I thought that was never going to end. I, and I saw it, those guys uh, slacking, so I just picked up the pace a whole lot harder. I made sure that I was prepared for whatever um, was going to happen, whatever came around that corner. I was going to be expecting it and ready for it. So uh, I think uh, that's what I like, took away from WCW uh, more than anything. Knowing that I had to be prepared because uh, you know um, the end was coming and it was coming soon.
0: You had some great um, matches through your time with WCW, I recently saw one with uh, Brett the Hitman Hart you had back in that 98-99 time period, and um, you also had some great matches with Chris Benoit, and I don't really want to spend a lot of time on Chris, but the question I had about Chris Benoit, do you think that everything that happened with his tragedy uh, changed uh, the mentality of, of the pro wrestling industry?
1: I'm not happy. Meaning,
0: meaning that, you know, um, I'm not like, not, not the actual tragedy, but the studies they did with, with his brain afterwards. You know, they said um, he had the, the brain of an 89 year old Alzheimer's patient, uh, and they were saying it was a lot of different shots to the head and, and, and the abuse that his body went through. Um, do you think, um, you know, since that time, there's been less chair shots, it's been less, um, it's been more contained and more controlled? Do you think because of the results of the incidents with, with Chris Benoit that the pro wrestling has changed a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think it has.
1: Uh, you know, not just pro wrestling, but um, NFL as well. You know, um, it changed a whole lot of sports. You know, the guy lives, of forced the way they go out and you know handle certain situations. It's sports force guys getting hurt and taking them off the, um, the field and keep them off the field. And the same way with us, now, a guy... You know get hurt you take you get done, taken out of the game, so it's changed i uh, think the game a whole lot um and from a, from a good perspective um um i mean our wellness program is, is something that's totally um, something that I wish that we had um, when we were coming up from so many different ways. Um, these young guys now that, that perform, um, they're going to have a, a whole lot better chance <clears throat> at walking away from the game opposed to um, limping out of the game or staying in the game longer than they, they should because the doctor is going to tell them, hey, um, your time is up. Um, you got to let it go. Um, you can't do that here uh, anymore. You know. So um, I think um, it's, it's helped um, in so many different ways. And I think especially for the young guys that's, that's coming up in this business
0: today. Hey, I got to ask you about two two of the funniest things I've ever seen in pro wrestling in which you were involved with. One was working with Goldust. <laughs> um, just you guys seem to have this on-screen chemistry which was uh, unbelievable. And there's one in particular where it was you, Goldust, and The Rock. And Goldust... Dressed up as The Rock, can you talk about just the, the relationship you had with Goldust and the comedy that it produced on television? You know,
1: that was another um, test for for me. I think, you know, uh, you know, to put Booker T with Goldust, and and, and you wonder what you're going to get out of that, right? So it does really sound like a really great combination from uh, you know the character that I was opposed, you know, to the character that Goldust uh, was and still is. Um, we wanted to just go out and make the best TV that we possibly could make on a weekly basis. Um, being put in a certain situation gives you a chance to go out and shine from a you know from a whole uh, in a whole different area. And um, so for me, um, I, was, I was having a really good chance to work on my, my acting skills. I was you know um, getting a chance to work on my improv. You know, um, I mean alchemistry chemistry was it was great. Our timing was great. Uh, the fans, uh, like I say, uh, in the beginning, I wondered myself how I was going to accept this. But, like I say, uh, on the other hand, I say, man, it's a great opportunity to uh, really explore uh, my character, uh, 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 from a character aspect. So I went out every week and with an open mind, you know. And uh, no matter what goes best, and I would do. I mean, one of my favorite ones was uh, in 7-Eleven, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, simple my slurpee. You know, I'm having my pre-match ritual slurpee. You know, it's, it's just stuff like that. You know, so we we were uh, uh, two of a kind. Uh, we we really made um, really good magic together. And the fans, you know, I remember more than anything. I always tell my students, um, if you can make a, 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 a fan cry, if they can, if they bring, if they you know, get tears, you know, you're doing your job. And when Goldust and I announced that we were breaking up. <laughs> People really uh, were crying in the audience, and it was really, really a good feeling to know that the fans really cared about Goldust and Booker
0: T. So what about the uh, the supermarket battle between you and Stone Cold Steve Austin?
1: Can make it, even though i you know, been running from Steve Austin for weeks and trying to get away from it, Now I think I got his, you know, got his back turned to me in this grocery store. And I tell you, that first kid that I that I whacked in that grocery store that I thought was Stone Cold Steve Austin, I put it on. <laughs> 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 so, you know, it was just a, a customer, you know. But to it with the, um, the objective to go out here and make it the best that we possibly could we didn't know how it was going to turn out but in the end it turned out really really good with me crying you know going <laughs> on the belt you know, <laughs> you know like, I'm a, like I'm a piece of you know produce or something you know but uh it was uh it was great I remember those um, times you know more than anything more than um you know any of the, the the matches? You know from you know back throughout the days. I, I don't remember a whole lot of that stuff. I do. I remember all of the skits and all of the fun. <laughs> and, you know, like the Boogeyman. You know, like when I had to do the stuff with the Boogeyman. You know, it was uh, really really good stuff, but it was funny and entertaining at the same time.
0: Um, you know, you worked with a lot of different talent over the years, and you know, you've had a different bunch of bunch of different characters, including the King Booker character. Uh, what were some of the you said you enjoyed the, the skits? Who were some of the guys you really enjoyed working with the most? You know, um, throughout my
1: career, um, Chris Jericho uh, definitely have uh, been high on the list. Chris, uh, Edge. Uh, you know, um, I can honestly say all the Canadian guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all the Canadian. Remember one Canadian guy from last storm. You know, all of them. You can go back and look at the matches, and all of the matches were quality matches with all of the Canadian guys.
0: I um I happen to remember a couple times, and I was actually in the building um, back in 2011 when you returned to WWE at the Royal Rumble. Um, I was out there visiting my uh, my cousin, and we got tickets last minute, um, and I I went and. There was rumblings that you were going to be there, but that night you you got the biggest pop uh, of the night. Um, how did that make you feel hearing that from the fans after you're running TNA and coming back to WWE?
1: You know, I totally didn't expect that. That's just the way my career has been. I've never really expected things, you know, to happen for me. Not good things anyway, you know. I, I don't know, maybe that's because of the way I came up, the way I grew up. But um, the ovation was, uh, man, it, it really made me feel really, really good. It, it, it let me see that all the of the work that I had put in, you know, and I tell people that that ovation, it wasn't to see me wrestle. The, the ovation was just to see me. And um, they let me know how much they appreciated all the body of work that I had put in for so many years. And it wasn't really about the wrestling at all. It was just about the uh, the relationship that I've had with the fans for over 20 years. And, and that's something I'll never forget.
0: So now you're going into the Hall of Fame. Um, must be uh, overwhelming um, and even humbling to a point. Can you talk about the... Um, the The experience being back with WWE that's leading into this, and looking back at your career, like is it is it weird going into the locker room now and and seeing you know th- with all the experience you have compared to some of these guys that are in the locker room now, you know they look at you as a Hall of Famer and a guy who's set, set the mark. That's how Hall of Famers look are looked at now. Well, you know, uh, I think I still
1: got to keep doing work though. First and foremost, you know I got to keep. Uh respecting these young kids as well. They respect me, of course, you know. But it's, it's only, it only goes as far as is given as well, you know. And uh, my job now is, you know, to you know uh, mold the young guys. Let these guys know what they got to do, you know. On the fan dangles, let them know how to go out there and get over. Tell them exactly what I think they need to know. And help them as much as I possibly can. That's the that's the true mentor. That's the true um, Hall of Famer. That's the true legend. The guy that don't mind going out there and giving it back, you know, to the young guys, and you know, passing that torch to these young guys and letting these guys run, you know, run free and um, be happy about it and look at them and you know feel you know good about having a part. And, and, you know, making that career special, you know. So that's where I'm at in my career right now. And I'm, I'm so content um, being where I am. I'm not, I, 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 I've always thought about retiring. I've always thought about hanging my boots up. I, mean, I thought about that when I was 30 years old. Um, that That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about getting to the end of, you know, um, you know, my career. I was thinking about, you know, making that final run and, you know, um, looking back on it and moving to the next stage, the next season. Life couldn't be better for for Booker T right now. Um, having twin babies, you know, boy and a girl. My wife and I were so connected, you know, as far as being soulmates. Um, my, everything, everything from a business aspect as far as my school, my promotion, um, my work uh, life with WWE. Everything is going um, so well, and I couldn't be in a better place in my life right now.
0: Can you talk about some of the other projects outside of WWE that you're involved with?
1: Then, you know, um, I got my wrestling promotion um, as well. Uh, R.O.W. Reality of Wrestling, where I work with the you know the young, up and coming you know wrestlers that want to be the next you know Booker T's, you know, next Bret Hart's. You know, um, um, we um, you know got another show that we're working on. We're trying to um, I'll put this cartoon out call, uh, actually, it's like a comic book series called Adequate Man. Um, and that should be coming pretty soon. Got uh, this other project I'm working on called "Dancer Diaries," where we chronicle uh, the lives of um, the exotic dancer. You know, so I'm doing, I'm doing a whole lot. You know, I'm just trying to uh, expand. You know, my promotion um, company, and I'm um, trying to get as big as you know we possibly can, as well as trying to be a developmental. Uh, as far as uh, fueling, uh, you know, the WWE with young talent. I mean, because if they can come to me and I can train them and I can get them out there and make um, uh, you know, have them get to that next level you never know. I mean, my, my school may become the premier, you know, wrestling school in the world. And I'm just trying to keep the work going. I just always ask God, you know, to uh, give me enough time to finish my work.
0: Um, it, was, it was a comment that I read from Shawn Michaels somewhere. When Shawn Michaels was doing his wrestling school, he said he had a hard time taking students' money knowing that they weren't going to make it. Um, does that ever come into your mind when you see people come into the wrestling school? You know, like, you know, Shawn basically, like I said, made it clear, you know, he stopped doing the school because he just didn't have the stomach to do that. Um does that type of thought ever come into your mind when you see some of these guys come in and they, like you just look at them and say, you know, unless they have an unbelievable work ethic, they're just not going to make it. You know, I had to talk kids out of joining my school. <laughs>
1: One of my Came into the school. He was 17 years old. He couldn't even do a role. Spanish kid named Luis. Um, and then um, I told him, to, you know, come back. You know, in a year. You know, he came back in a year. Um, and then he still couldn't do a role. I said, go train for three months and come back to and see me again. He came back again after three months and he still did, don't, couldn't do anything. But I, I took him in finally because he said this was his dream. This was something that he wanted to do. And um, about three months later, uh, one one guy couldn't show up um, to do the show and I asked Luis, I said, Luis, you know, he's been training for three months. I said, if you can get in the ring and show me something, you know, I'll put you on the show. He got in the ring and he showed me something well enough to get on the show. And he, he hadn't gotten out. He hadn't been taken off the show since. He was my year. He, he had learned so much just sitting on the sideline, you know, taking notes, learning, you know, from an outside perspective, you know, getting in the ring, training in secret. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, wow, you know, so my thing is I never judge a book by its cover as well. Um, my thing is is about the, um, the journey, the camaraderie, the friendships that you make along the way. As well as not looking back when you're 50 years old, saying, "Man, I wish I had tried that when I had a chance." Whether you make it or not,
0: that's it's so true. And the booker, I'm to ask you to do one more thing for me, and I really appreciate the time you have. If you can just cut a liner, because I host a radio show that's ever on every uh, Sunday morning. It's called Real Sports Talk Radio, and if you can just do a liner saying, "This is Booker T. Uh, you're listening to Real Sports Talk Radio."
1: 3 2 this is Booker T 5 times WCW champ and you're listening to Real Talk Radio now can you dig that
0: sucker that was almost perfect but it's Real Sports Talk Radio
1: Real Sports Talk
0: Radio my, my, my bad Real oh, but, but Talk was, Radio but that was yeah. awesome though <laughs> Real All right, that was Booker T here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast going in the Wayback Machine back to 2013. Booker is a great guy. You should check out Reality Wrestling down in Houston, Texas. Check him out on uh, the videos on YouTube and on their website. And also, he's got a podcast as well. Check that out. Follow us here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast on all social and podcast platforms. This was a special bonus show. We will see you next time here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast.